folks, this is your friendly dungeon master, Ben Viner. Just wanted to let you know this little snippet here is just a uh, wrap-up for the Book of Cylinders called a, a capstone or a epilogue or just a little loot party, but there's a little bit of lore in there too, and you can kind of see where this roster of characters are gonna be built up. So we might not see this party for a while, but if we ever do, they're given a few things from the conclusion of their story to bring on their journey with them. Enjoy. Back on the surface, later. Um, you are in the temple, and you find a bunch of loot, including the chime that the uh, snake folk rung. So let me tell you what you find. Um, I'm just going to tell you guys what these items are, because you happen to have an artifact specialist with you. Um, Bubble is... I am amped. I am ready yeah. to notate these. Yeah. Okay. And I will show you handouts for them in Roll20 as well. Spice. Um, this is a chime of opening. Oh, dope. This hollow metal tube measures about one foot long and weighs one pound. You can strike it as an action, pointing it at an object within 120 feet of you that can be opened, such as a door, lid, or lock. The chime issues a clear tone, and one lock or latch on the object opens unless the sound can't reach the object. If no locks or latches remain, the object itself opens. The chime can be used ten times. After the tenth time, it cracks and becomes useless. There are nine charges on this chime of opening. Cool. That's the one that Tunji swiped? Yep. Okay. That's item number one. Um... On the other one... No, it's boring. It's oh, it's boring, yeah. <laughs> on the other creature, the, the other one that's... These seemed like priests more than the other fighters, you know? Like, they were important. They, they, they had a job, and that's the reason they didn't join the combat. Like, they, like, they stayed back here trying to get this thing open. Um, and they needed to do the sacrifice, and then they're doing the thing. So, um, you find, as well, on the second one, a lantern of revealing tucked into his belt. Um, a lantern of revealing while lit this hooded lantern burns for six hours on one pint of oil shedding bright light in a 30 foot radius and dim light for an additional 30 feet invisible creatures and objects are visible as long as they are in the lantern's bright light you can use an action to lower the hood reducing the light to dim light in a five foot radius that's cool oh, that's great Pretty actually Tunji has one so I, I think I, I would reckon Tunji would recognize that and be like oh this like oh, this you have a lantern useful. of revealing that's awesome I thought was a starting... Oh, wait, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Well, now you have two. Um, cool. Of course, send you offer to whoever wants it, but he's super yeah. stoked. Or he you can sell it. Freaking useful, guys. <laughs> okay. Um, this is where it gets really cool, I think. Um, the next two items I was excited about when I read. Um, on the... Priest that did not have the chime of opening, or sorry, no, the it's another priest, but the one that went outside and attacked you guys, the blue one outside, um, the humanoid. He's wearing special armor, um, and it is called 
serpent scale armor. And uh, I will show it to you guys. There's no image or anything, but it is... This suit of magic armor is made from shimmering scales. While wearing it, you can apply your full dexterity modifier instead of a maximum plus two when determining your armor class. In addition, this armor does not impose disadvantage on your dexterity stealth checks. And it's scale mail. Whoa. So, like <laughs> mithril scale mail, basically, you know? That's uh, so cool. That's so and then the final item that you guys find here before I roll for gold and that kind of stuff... The final item that you find is my favorite from this adventure. Um, whoops, that's the one I already showed you. Hold on. Serpent's Fang. The scimitar wielded by the giant thing, when you pick it up, magically resizes to fit your hand. Oh, and heck yes. <laughs> the oh single-edged magic sword is made from the scrimshawed fang of a giant serpent. Its hilt changes shape to adjust the grasp of any creature that picks it up. The weapon deals an extra 1d10 poison damage to any target it hits. Wow. That's so a good weapon. Like, can, I, can I have it? Can it's I, a long sword. Can I please have it? 1d10 poison long sword. Sounds made spicy. out of bone. That magically resizes to be any creature size. Pretty fucking sweet. I mean, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you, though, boss. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> it'd be pretty dangerous in your hands, too. It would be. The, the only way that it makes sense for, like, my character where it is right now is I would need to... I could drop the shield and dual wield. Like, Wait, eventually. is your weapon, your spear, one-handed? I mean, yeah, spears are one-handed. That's why I can use it with a shield. I, I'm trying to imagine fighting with a spear and a... Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine, <laughs> but it's possible, it's I guess. spear. Well, anyway, you guys can decide yeah. this stuff later. This is yes. like either way, it makes more sense on you can as of right now. One, one ended, but yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, those are the four like magic items that you guys find. Um, cool. Let me roll and see how much gold and silver and copper you guys find here. Um, and uh, of course, keep this party loot separate from the main party. I don't know if that's to be said, but of course. Also, like for the record, I like. I, I like did my medicine on both of you um, mm. after like you revived me. I was like, oh, you guys don't look good. <laughs> okay, so how much how much HP are we gonna regain then? Because we might not get a chance to uh, rest before whatever happens. Well, next happens. Uh, just leave yourselves at yeah whatever you're at after this heal, and, and then we'll leave it there for, for HP stuff. Cool. Uh, yeah. This is for um, Boz. Okay. Uh, that's a seven HP. Okay. Nice, nice. And for Tunji, that's ooh, that's much better. Sorry. Uh, uh, that's a nine HP. You're a kind and generous uh, arms collector. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know that arm weapons are dangerous, and you gotta be safe around them. <laughs> you know. Um, so okay, <laughs> trust me. Money's here. Uh, money's for you guys. Well, I still got it in front of me. It's a fair amount. Um, they have uh, sixty-seven gold. This is where I was getting more spicy. Two hundred and eighty silver, and three thousand four hundred and two copper. <laughs> Holy shit! Fucking 
5e D and D. Yeah, all about <laughs> it's converting like it and being able to carry it. Finding that it is yeah. copper. Well, and I'll say uh, just for a little lore thing here, like the copper are stamped with some sort of like frog's face. Like it's really old and like I imagine probably like a isn't worth like anything George Washington to most or- people. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it worth carrying, you guys? <laughs> it yeah, would be hard to get out of here. That, that's kind of idea. So then, um, I do have more of the post-credit scene to, to go through here before we're done. Absolutely. Um, do, 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 reading. Um, okay, so the, the, the frog people—they—they're celebrating more and more. Uh, would you guys like stick around for a day? Would you think? Or like, yes, please like help oh, them yeah. and like heal and like they, they start cooking food and like more sample some of that delicious like giant crab. Okay, yeah. So like they, they bust out like food that they had foraged and like quickly there's like fruit and fresh roots and stuff coming back and like the society is already just given the slightest room to breathe, kickstarted right back into the communal nature of the Gripply and the other amphibian folk that you're now getting to meet around here. Um, and of course, for you, Boz, that's pretty normal. But like the other people here, maybe they don't normally hang out with like a, a snail person or something who's like hanging out in town. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, that's fine. So, snail, pe- snail people have a lot of people, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, well, they, they talk very slowly, though, so it's hard to, to relate. <laughs> um, so as this time passes, then. Um, you're eventually uh, approached um, by some of the Gripply, um, and they show you over to, uh, it seems like, some of the remaining warriors that hid in the woods, uh, who thank you and like bow and scrape to you, including there's one of a species that I've been waiting just to show off. I, I thought you guys might have met these people, but it turns out it just didn't happen. Um, it- this is a... Um, what, what do they call them? Uh, bu- 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 bu. Uh, oh, come on, I just had it in front of me. Uh, a, a very large, brown-skinned, and kind of like dripping um, uh, amphibian person, very burly, um, that, known as mud puppies. They're like mudkip people, but they're like bigger than orcs. And. They nice. they never leave their larval stage, so they're polywogs. They have tails and they like they breathe like fish and everything. So it's it's a very interesting species. Um, they they wind up um, like thanking you profusely and saying like, if you wait here for long enough, the pond mother they're sure would want to speak with you. As well as uh, the other option would be if you can go and inform the pond mother that the village is safe, and maybe help escort her back. They, they're like, well, this is what we're going to do right now. We got to get the pond mother back here. She's the matriarch of the village and she's been in exile. We have a whole like, refugee camp. Like, we need to get our people back here. Yeah, I feel like Tunji and I would do that the next day. The next and day. Then, and then maybe bring her back and then stay yeah. for a day or two. <laughs> sure. And like have a cultural exchange with these people for a little while before, like, Sending word back to Candlekeep, like we exactly. got the crab, maybe get in touch with Miter Yans yeah. to be like, "Hey, yeah. let's, we're gonna get these crab." You would lines find him. Again. You would find him at the trading post. He'd be waiting right. there with the pond okay. mother. So maybe he can send word back to Candlekeep. And, and he's you got guys, all of my gold. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys each, I believe, are given. I forget how much. Uh, was it? 
Do you, do you take any notes on how much gold I said the reward is? I can go back I and listen. I can't remember. I just remember I left my gold with him because I was like, I don't need this out there. It was, yeah, you left your gold <laughs> with him and there was a gold reward. I will look that up and get that to you guys. I, um, I, I, I did say I that in episode one. 500 gold um, pieces. Yeah, so 500 a piece. So they give you each 500 gold pieces, including you, Bosworm. Uh, you're promised so, for your role in helping save the village and everything. Um, nice. Go ahead and mark that down. See, and you know what? The end here. When, when they offer when they offer those little fast passes to open the door, he's like, "Screw that, we're good." He's gonna whip out the charm of open and chime that door open. <laughs> Just kidding. Use one of the nine forever charges on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Hell okay. yeah. I don't Crack need your pass. <laughs> okay, so you guys eventually get word back for your original mission. It's a success by all indications at this point. You won. Um, and. The pond mother actually really rejoices. This giant frog, when you when you come back to her, and as you travel with her, I want to say the way she travels. By the way, is that pond that she was in inside the big trading post hut? When she wants to travel, the platform underneath her levitates out of the ground and carries her on a floating palanquin <laughs> all the way back to the village with you guys. Are we um, on it when she does no, that? No, she's. Aww. Oh, you you feel the ground shake, and you're like, oh my god! And then like she just like hovers out of the building and starts going back, and there's like this big camp following for a day or two as you guys eventually get there. When you get there, there's feasting in your honor. They cook you seafood and forest meals like you've never ever imagined, and you're given a crown of crab claws each of you and there's like a big dance done in your own yeah when that that's geez. done there's the pond mother telepathically reaches out to the three of you and says she would like to give you a gift and um she wants you to go into the middle of a circle of people, her Gripley, who are still alive, thanks to you, and have a future, thanks to you. She wants you to go into the middle of this circle of dancing and music and just receive their blessing as a people. Doing them all about blessings. You ready for this yes. blessing? Yes. To wear my crab crown with honor. There all three of you? Yeah? Yeah. You stand there and you probably are swelling with pride probably a little bittersweet sometimes you think about what you guys lost and how hard it was you bobble you almost died you know you lost so many babies along the way too it was awful but the mist from the coast swells and swirls around you guys and the music rises into a beautiful harmony and all the frog people hold hands around you and you permanently gain the ability to speak primordial, their language. What? Weird. And once a day, you can breathe water for one hour. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, when you do this, you adopt a coloration under where your like throat sack would be, similar to the Gripley's uh, coloration. Um, which <laughs> they tell you, as you can now speak with them, without the need for a translator, 
um, they tell you that that will signal to any Gripply that you are a friend. Wow. That's dope. And that is where we're going to really leave it for tonight. That's the end of the session. Wow, oh my gosh. Casual um, five-hour D&D yeah, session. Yeah, re- that's like a normal <laughs> D&D session. Yeah. True. Pre-Discord times and podcast Ooh. times. But yeah, thank you guys for sticking with me. I thought we could knock it out. I didn't know what route you guys would go. I didn't know how, how fast combats would go. It's hard to guess. We did it. Um, you just need a barbarian to just run in and start the combat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting for me because I was like, or throw they're the going to try to get them to come out. <laughs> and there's like a gargantuan fucking size, a huge size creature. How does right it there. get out? Like, how does it get out? And I was like, well, it does technically fit, but it's not going to be able to go all at once. Like, it's wider than the door. So it sticks its head out. And then you guys were like, ka-slam. <laughs> So the combat then happened. Yeah, the the combat happened in the door, which I think actually at the end of the day worked for you guys. Like you, you made them come to a choke. I couldn't get one of my guys out. Uh, The swarm of snakes and the blue priest couldn't get out for the first three rounds.